You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for this awesome day. Thank you especially for the visitors that are here with us today. We pray that you would speak to them. Holy Spirit, just talk to them and and meet every need that they have. If anyone came in here today not knowing Jesus, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that they would come to salvation. Father, if anyone came in here depressed, depressed, uh, with a financial burden, sick in their body, lonely, empty, broken relationship, whatever it might be, we pray that they would leave with total healing. We pray that they would leave with a ram of word, the exact one that they need. Holy Spirit, speak to your people through me, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Today's message is called Mighty Good Man. And you know what? I want you to look around because we got some mighty good men in this church right here. We got some mighty good men. Kids, it's time to go to Children's Church. Kids up to junior high. Hallelujah. The ladies in the back were telling me what to do. I was like, it's Father's Day. You can't tell me what to do. I'll say it when I'm ready to say it. Just kidding. Have a little fun today. Bye, kids. Go downstairs, write letters to your father. Make stuff for your dad. You hear that, front row? A couple of our kids are here today. It was nice. Uh, Victoria, my daughter, and... Uh, Sarah, Pastor Kevin's daughter, we're both singing on the worship team. What a nice present for uh, us for Father's Day. That was awesome. Could you raise your hands a little more next time? Okay. Um, just have, just messing around. It's Father's Day. We can do what we want today. You laugh at all our jokes, and if we say we're hungry, you bring us food. Hallelujah. <laughs> How important is mighty good men? Well, you know, the problem with our country is not politics. It's not politicians. It's not governments. The problem with our country is the breakdown of the family. And what's causing the breakdown in the family is men. We got to take responsibility where it lies with us. There are 13 million single-parent families. There are 24 million fatherless kids. 71% of high school dropouts didn't grow up with their father. 85% of youth in prison, well, not in prison now, have an absentee father. 90% of runaway children have an absentee father. Preschoolers that don't live with a dad are 40 times more likely to be sexually abused. A strong man in the house and in the family makes a difference. I said a strong, godly man in the home makes a difference. I said a mighty good God man in the home makes a difference. You know, when I was growing up, and, you know, that was like in the 90s, um, 
I used to watch reruns now. When I was growing up, there was a show, that's how long it is ago. Anybody, who here remembers the show Father Knows Best? Well, you young people need to get on that and watch that show. Because that's about the last time the father in a sitcom actually knew something. Now it's like two and a half men. We can't even be a whole man. Add all two and a half of them together and you got nothing. And all the fathers, I don't even watch it. I mean, I don't even watch it anymore because I'm sick and tired of men being treated like that. I don't know what you see on your TV, but that's not what's going on in mighty men of God's houses. Somebody say amen. amen. I, I can't stand it. Don't you try to punkify me or us. This is no punk church. No, I said this is no punk church. The women aren't in charge here. Sorry. We are men. Amen. Ladies, I'm not scared of you. Because you want a mighty good man. You want a leader. When your man calls you up and says, let's go to dinner tonight, you don't want him to say, where do you want to go? You want him to say, this is where we're going. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Honey, we're going out to dinner tonight. We're going to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> no, but women don't like that. They don't like when you call and say, let's go on a date, and then they're like, where do you want to go? When you always say, where do you want to go? They don't really like that. They'd rather you have a decision already in mind. Then they'll tell you they don't want to do it. But have a decision. <laughs> have a decision first. And you're right every once in a while. And then you're like, wow. I, I just want to take a test here. How many of you ladies right here, like a mighty good God man, stand to your feet and clap. Go ahead. You're like a mighty good God, man. You see that, guys? They want a mighty good God, man. The one Alyssa was rapping about. That's what they want. Listen, I grew up watching Fathers and Those Best, and now it's like Father Knows Nothing. But that's not real. That's not really how it is. Men are just under attack because the enemy knows that if he takes down the man, he takes down the family, takes down the family, takes down the country. I mean, just look at the world now. I mean, these young men, I got four daughters. Praise God, two of them met godly men. One of them called me up and said, I want to be intentional with your daughter. I go, what the frick does that mean? Excuse my language. That's as close as I'll come to cursing. Is that a curse? Oh. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'll give you intentional. Come over here. I'll show you intentional, you. Oh, okay. That's Christian for I'm interested in your daughter. Like I have in good intentions? Like what kind of intentional do you mean? My daughter Alice got engaged, did you see the video? And she got engaged. You know what, that young man came and kissed the ring first. You bow down, you bow down now. 
Listen, man, you be a mighty man. Ain't nobody dating your daughter unless they ask you first. <laughs> they better ask me. Hey, it's good. Make them scared. Make them scared. You know, I'm going to... You know, one time we were moving into the new house and everything. We bought this new house. We were still in our old house. And it was like quarter to 12, midnight. Me and my wife going to sleep. All of a sudden, phone rings. Hey, there's a big party over at your house. I'm like, what? We're sleeping. Your house on Kearney Drive. I go, what do you mean? We, we bought the house. We don't live there. Oh, he goes, yeah, there's teens coming in and out of that place. It looks like a movie. I get up. I go to my new house, and there's a rave party going on in my house. Not my kids didn't do it. It was their friends that did it. <laughs> you come to church, you come on Father's Day, you think I'm going to let you slide here? <laughs> I, we're, so we're driving down the street, and I see like it was like Noah's Ark was empty. Two by two, they were walking down the street. Man, I almost ran some of them over. I got into that house, and I opened the front door, and I said, if there's anybody left in this house, by the time I get through it, you're dead. <laughs> Something like that, right? By the time I got to my screen door, there was like 50 kids squeezing through one door in one shot. Do you know that their friends were so scared of me, they didn't come back for years? <laughs> and I said, I just accomplished something. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Because there's a strong man in this house guarding the door. Amen? Can I get an amen, Pastor Kev? You have a daughter. You have daughters. Nobody's crossing that line, are they? Not getting by us. Amen? That's the kind of men that we need to be. You see, because the enemy is after us. He wants to take us down. You know, when the Holy Spirit called me to start this church 15 years ago, and I finally listened, the enemy has done nothing, has done nothing but try to take me down since then in all kinds of different ways. And you can read my book and hear some of the real stories of serious stuff that he has tried to do. Because he knows, you know, you, you knock the shepherd and the sheep scatter. So he's looking to knock out the shepherd. He's look, looking to knock out the man of the house. It started out, God, man, woman, Satan. But Satan came in, into that family, and he turned it upside down. Amen? You saw that scripture where it says that God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed his life into him. And he said everything that he did was good, and then he gave, he said to the man, he blessed the man, he said, be fruitful and multiply, and he said, take dominion over the world. He gave him authority. And then he said, but you know what? It's not good for you to be alone. So he put the man to sleep. And when the man woke up, he saw the beautiful female. And he went, whoa, man. <laughs> and that's how she became, whoa, man. And it was all good. It was all fantastic. And then what happened? Satan came in, started talking to the woman, 
she fell, then Adam took, and he fell. And they were broken in their relationship with God. See, he started out, it was all good. And what did God do when he found this out, when he saw this happening? He comes to the family and he says, Adam, where are you? Didn't mention Eve's name. Adam, where are you? You know why, men? Because we're responsible for our families. I said, we're responsible for our families. You know what? Adam was hiding. There are so many men hiding from God. I'm not going to mention names, but I can look around and see a lot of men that are here because their wife came to church first, and eventually either some men from here or whatever, the, the wife won them over. But a lot of times, it's the woman that comes first, and then the man finally comes to church. Can somebody give me an amen? Or I'll start naming names. Yeah. Better give me an amen. I'm going to name some names. Yeah. I'm talking about me. I, I got into the things of God first, but she brought me to church. She made me go to church, and I'm glad she did. I really am. But that's, you know, it's like men, we're, we're always hiding. Why are we hiding? Many of us, you know, when we work and, and, you know, commute maybe, you work, you're working hard all day, you come home and you walk in the door and your wife and your kids and everybody wants to pile some more stuff on you. Your boss is already piles some stuff on you and everybody wants to pile more stuff. And what do you want to do most of the time, guys? You want to hide, you want to run to some room, some cave, you want to get a remote control, some cheese doodles, maybe a hamburger if somebody will make one for you. I mean, whatever. But you see it a lot. Like men, they want to go hide. There's no blessing in hiding. There's no blessing in hiding. We hide emotionally from our wives and families. We hide when it's, when it's time for us to be the spiritual leader. You know, many times women will be the stronger one of the couple. And instead of the man stepping up and saying, you know what, I need to get moving, he hides. And then they come into my office for counseling. And I see a man hiding and a woman complaining. Men, you just got to step up. You just got to step up to the plate and do what you're called to do. And women, step aside. Allow the man to be who he's supposed to be. Give him a little room. He's not going to move as fast as you want him to. But give him some room. Amen, ladies? Give him a little room. Because we need to get, there's so many men just hiding. They're hiding. And it's not just hiding in that way, it's hiding here in their heart, hiding. Hiding in their spirit. Not really sharing who they really are. Not really sharing their feelings. Listen, women want you to get real with them. They want you to really talk with them. That's why they want to take a walk. Hold my hand. Hold my hand and take a walk with me. It's not because they want their steps and their Fitbit to go up. They want you to talk to them. They want you to tell them what's really going on. They want you to get mushy. Just get mushy. I know it's hard, but just do it. They just want to take a walk with you. Amen? Ladies, how many of you like to take a walk with your husband? Preferably in Macy's or Nordstrom's. <laughs> Men, they want you to be the spiritual leader of the home. I mean, we struggle with the simplest thing of prayer half the time, you know? Like, I want to be the prayer leader, 
but sometimes she makes me mad, and then I don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get up in the morning, and she's in the room already with her devotional. You're like, shoot. We're, like, competitive, you know what I mean? Like, she's already got her devotional. I know it's about to come. Let's pray. But let me read to you first. I am not your son or a little boy, okay? That's what she'll say. She'll say, like, let's pray now. Let me read first. No, you put that book down. We're doing it my way. That's what she does. Like, and I'm, I'm zapped. And it's like, because I, this is like every morning, like this is, we know what's coming now. It's the prayer battle. So, what happened for a while is, you know, she would say, let's pray, and I would grudgingly do it, and then, then all of a sudden I was like, let's pray. I said it, yeah, me first. But then I let her pray first. And that's a problem. You know how ladies first, like when ladies first, okay, you pray, honey. She prays for the whole world. She prays for every little thing about every little person that in existence that I know. And by the time she's done, I got nothing to pray for. I'm like, you stole all the prayers. And you think you think you got some little one that she doesn't know about it, and it's almost done, and boom, she pops up with it. So can I get an amen here, guys? Anybody? So today... I was like, I'm like, I'm preaching about men today. I'm cutting this thing off. I came downstairs. I saw her, the devotional, the whole nine yards. I came to the kitchen and I said, let's pray. No, I said, let us pray. And we sat down and I said, I'll pray first. And she said, oh, that's so happy. I'm nice. I like that. So I tried to, for everything, forget it. I, t- I prayed for like a long time, and then she prayed for the same thing I prayed for even longer. Like you got to expand on what I pray when my prayer's not good enough. The point is, you got to come out of high. You just got to do what you got to do, guys. Just got to lead. It's not always going to be easy. But it's going to be worth it, because she's going to love it. Eventually, she'll let me pray. Okay. Hey, Adam, what are you doing letting a snake talk to your wife? Like, you're in this garden. It's only you and her, and here comes this walking serpent. First of all, I'd be like, what the heck is that? But this thing starts talking to his wife. Whose conversation do you allow into your house? You gonna let the devil be the voice in your home? Listen, I've fallen down the job so many times, abdicated. It's like they're watching a show that I know they shouldn't be watching, or they're dating a boy that they shouldn't be dating or seeing or whatever we're talking to, or, or there's a negative narrative going on in the house and I encourage it instead of dissuade it. Like if one of my kids says they're sick or they're, you know, where am I? I fall down so many times. I really do. You know why? Because our problem then is we abdicate our authority. We step aside and just let things happen. Letting a snake talk to our wife. Letting a snake oil salesman talk to our wife. 
I don't even like letting a Sears salesman talk to my wife. Because if I leave her alone with a salesman in the store, something bad's gonna happen. I mean, it's good for her and everybody else, but it's bad for me. But you know, and we have to really pay attention to this. It said, Paul said that the woman was deceived. You know, and, and we have got to be the strong men of our, of our house. Because Jesus said he's a strong man. He, was talking about, he called him a strong man. He did. But he said one stronger is here. And that was him. But he is a strong man. And he's looking to take you out. He's looking to get into your house and be the voice that rules. Does negativity rule in your house? Does contention rule in your house? I can't tell you how many times I feel so bad of some of the stuff that I allowed in my home or I allowed with my kids and I abdicated my duty as a father to be a father to these wonderful kids that turned out pretty good. Uh, the, the good news is it's grace, the mistakes that we make. But Adam sh should have said, whoa, 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 what are you saying? That is not what God said. That is not what God said. When somebody is in your house and they're talking about sickness, do you talk about healing? When someone's in your house and they're talking about that you're going to lose your job and all this stuff, do you talk about prosperity? When they're in your house talking about broken relationship, do you talk about healing and mending? Guys, be the voice in your house. Don't allow the negative narrative to be the one that rules in your home. Too many times... It wasn't me, but it was her, my wonderful wife, who is my helper and who helps me. And there was times that I, so many times I fell in that area. When I lost everything at work and I came home and I was just like, it's, oh, it's done. We're all, I'm, you know, just put a fork in me. I'm done. Well, she said, no, in the name of Jesus, everything's going to be fine. Amen? But that was my job to do. The good news is you can always start. You can always start. You know, I didn't grow up with a father. Anybody know? So to be a father, I'm learning on the job. I saw a bad example, so sometimes I don't know how to just reach out to my kids just on a regular basis like my wife does, you know. And, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. Because I love you. It's true, though. I mean, sometimes I look at myself and say, did I do a good job? And the, the fact is, you do your best. And trust God. And God has redeemed me from the curse of my family. There was no godly people in my family, no godly parents, no godly father. I could have ended up just like that. But praise be to God that Jesus came in and saved me. And I'm learning to be a father from that father the one that never leaves me nor forsakes me. I'm clapping for all of us because I know it's not just me. But since I'm talking, I, you know, one of the most quoted quotes ever, and they actually say it's the most popular, whatever, but it's this. The only, the only thing necessary for triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. Mighty men, we can't be do-nothings when it comes to the spiritual growth in our house.
We can't be do-nothings when our wife wants us to communicate to them. We can't be do-nothings when, when our kids just need a word of encouragement. We got to be good, mighty men. That devil came in and caused that family to question the love of God, to question the goodness of God. And when that voice starts coming into your house, guys, say, get your butt out of here. Not in my house. Finally, where was Adam when she took and she ate of the fruit? <laughs> you know what? She was deceived. And she ate of it. She was deceived. He wasn't deceived, and he ate it. People want to say, oh, it was Eve's fault. No, no, no. It was Adam's fault. He could have stopped it right there because he wasn't deceived. It says in Romans, just as through one man, sin entered the world. Through one man, through Adam, never mentions Eve, does it? You think one man's actions are important? The whole world fell because of one man's mistake. Guys, we make one, you know, we're going to make mistakes, but we got to be real careful because what we do in a negative way can change our family, it can change our church, it can change the world. How many a mighty preacher has fallen how many mighty a preacher, man of God, has fallen because he's done one thing? The actions of one. And it says that because of that one mistake, death came and it spread to everybody. See, if I make a mistake in my home, a costly mistake, a mistake that I know, you know, when I know what I'm supposed to do and I do the opposite, it causes a chain reaction in my home. The one I struggle with is sometimes with my temper, just, you know, or, or not, not temper as much as I would say emotion. Right, guys? Right now, they're just going, we don't want to get him mad, so we'll just go. No, but it's something that the Holy Spirit is changing in me. I don't, I, I don't react as much as I used to. I don't. Isn't it great? What'd you, what'd you do? <laughs> No, the best test is ask your kids. Yeah, it got quiet here. You know what's a challenge, man? Ask your kids to be totally honest with you about your behavior, how you react to things. I dare you. I double dare you. That's going to be, for some of us, it will be tough, won't it? Let me get a little quiet amen. Amen. Because you know what? They know better than anybody. They do. And I'm happy that I have a son that I have right now because he will come up to me and get in my face and tell me now. I don't like it, but I like it. That shows he's becoming a mighty man of God himself. Because he'll stand up and say, Dad, you're wrong, or Dad, you're this. So now, like, if I do something wrong and she gets mad at me, I go, was I wrong? And 99% of the time, they'll go, no, but you got to apologize anyway. <laughs> so me and you know I was right. Right, Joey? Yeah, okay, I'll apologize. Because me and him know something that you don't know. 
<laughs> but the enemy is coming to take you down. He's coming to take you down. Amen. That's why you're at, you see, in the battle, you're in the front. Whether you want to be or not, you're in the front. You're on the front line, and then you've got to be on the back line. But you know what? You can do it. You can do this. You can do this with God on your side. Because just like death came through one man, it says in Romans 5, 17, we're not going to put that up yet, but it says that the gift of grace came through one man, and his name is Jesus. See, because when Jesus was in his garden, he didn't hide. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when all those troops came to arrest him, he came out in John chapter 18. He came out and said, who are you looking for? Who are you here for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And Judas was there. And when he came out and said, I am he, at least 600 of them with swords, the whole army, guess what? They fell down. Fell on their butts. Imagine if I told you all to stand up and you guys said, we're looking for Pastor Joe. And I said, I am he. And you all fell down. But here, see this. That's what happened. Because when he said, there's power in saying who you are. There's power in coming out of hiding. Amen. I was with a guy recently. He called me up. Totally broken. Totally broken. Finally, I'm waiting, been waiting for this man to break. Because we, you know, everybody's hiding behind facades. Coming to church, smiling like everything's all right, but inside something else is going on. There is no blessing in that, men. In being real. In this first service, I had an altar call. Almost every man in the congregation came up for prayer. They came out and said, okay, I'm here. That's where the power is. Not in hiding behind a facade. Not in pretending your marriage is good. Not in, in real coming out and saying, all right. He said, I am he. And power like nobody's business was released. In James it says, confess your sins to one another. Be open and honest. And the effective, fervent prayer of a man like that is powerful because it's real. When a man gets up and prays, but inside he's hurting or he's struggling with pornography, which they say 50% of Christians, never mind whatever, are struggling with that. But when a man can come out and say, I'm struggling with that, he's about to beat it. But when he hides in his office and looks at it and keeps it a secret, it has power over him. Amen. Amen. But when he comes out and says, this is my problem, he's on his road to defeating it. He has knocked it down. That's how we knock down addiction in Florida. The first thing you have to realize is you're an addict. And you've got a problem. I am he. He didn't hide. At the, the, the breaking point of civilization for us, 
that Jesus going to the cross, he didn't hide like Adam did. Adam hid and the world fell. Jesus came out and we all got saved. Amen? In his garden, he didn't listen to the devil. He pressed into his father. Mighty men, you need to have a close relationship with your father in heaven. Adam could have went right to God. We walked in the cool of the day with before that. Fine, him and God, close. They're buddies, no problem. Hey, God, who's this snake talking to my wife? Or how about, let me smash this snake that's talking to my wife. He had authority. He had dominion. Jesus was in the, ready to go to the cross. He comes out and says, I'm him. He wasn't afraid. And he didn't let the devil be the narrative. It says that an angel appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly to his father till it was like sweat dripping, blood falling. He had such relationship with his father that immediately angels were right there from heaven. Do you know that heaven is right next to you? Heaven is right here. You can call angels in. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Angels are there. You can pray with your father. And that's what Jesus said. Not what Adam did. Adam forgot. And even, like, call God into this situation before you make a mistake that's going to kill us all. He did. He killed us all, by the way. But the second Adam, Jesus, he came out. He was so in touch with God that when it came time for his struggle, angels are right there. He's praying like he never has before because he never left his side. He never left relationship with him. And finally, in his garden, he said, not my will, but yours be done. It says he knelt down and prayed and he said, Father, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Adam could have said, nah, I'm not going to eat of this. i got to stop this right now. God said not to do it, and I'm not going to do it. Not what I want to do, but you want to do. So Jesus had to do that, and then he had to go to the cross. He had to turn around. The, the, the way authority was ruined, now it's back. Do you know that? You know it's back to being God and us. Did you know that? Did you know that? Hey, Amen. Do you know that? Romans 5.17, for by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Who wants abundance of grace? I'll take abundance of grace. Anybody? Any takers? And the gift of righteousness will what? Will reign in life. Say that. Will reign in life. What's life right now? What Adam did, Jesus turned around. Because Jesus was greater than Adam. <laughs> and because of what he did, we receive an abundance of favor in our life. And we can reign in life because of Jesus Christ. One man's righteous act. We get a free gift of grace. The same way one man's disobedience. Many were made sinners, but one man's obedience. Many us are made righteous. We are right in God's sight. We can reign in life. That word reign means to be the Lord of the land. The Lord of the land. 
Amen. You know what the land is in your life? It's your family. It's your career. It's everywhere you step your foot. You are a king. You're not a peasant. You are a mighty God man who because of what Jesus did, you are put in a place of authority. Praise God. But it comes with responsibility. And that's to do everything that Adam didn't <laughs> because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do it. You're a mighty new man. Amen? Last week we were at the barbecue, uh, for the home group barbecue. You know, I'm sitting there. Pastor Courtney had this, they, they, these people are so hospitable. They had this barbecue for all the home group people. There was like 50 people there. Amen? Weren't any of you there? Most of you were there. Actually, there was like 30 people that don't go to our church that were there. What were they doing there? Like, they were like, I don't know, this is a really nice place. Anyway, so I'm sitting down with Jamie and Maria. <laughs> Jamie and Maria together, what a coincidence. Um... So we're sitting down and we're talking about, and I was just telling them, I was like, I just love this church. I just love the people here. They're so friendly, so hospitable, so nice. And if people aren't like that, they leave. And uh, it's true. You're going to be who you're going to be. You're going to be who you're with. Everybody was so friendly, so nice. And we were talking about before we got saved that we weren't so friendly and we weren't so nice. And. Maria Roman, I was like, so I'd love to hear what couples meet. And she, she goes, I go, where did you meet Marcos? She goes, in the projects, you know. You know, and I know, I, I grew up right next to the projects. I hung on the projects all the time, the park, the whole nine yards. I get it. So I go, how did it happen? She goes, it just happened. <laughs> like, 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 how did it happen? We were there. You know, so why we're at this picnic we got people playing dominoes over here. How many of you can play dominoes? Okay, you're either Puerto Rican or Jamaican or Cuban. I'm not stereotyping, but. No, that's what we, they did at the park, right? I used to hang at the park. I play basketball. I don't know how to play dominoes. I thought dominoes, what white people think dominoes are for, you line them up and then you knock them down like that. That's what white people think dominoes are. You make a big, long train, and you knock it down. I don't know. But my son was over there playing dominoes, too. Did you win? You get that from me, baby. Yeah. You get that from me. So anyway, at another place, they were playing spades or some card game, you know? And uh, it was Kenneth Duval and three Latino guys. And Courtney's going, could you go help the brother over there? He's all by himself. They're picking on him. Anyway, so he's playing, and then it's Marcos Roman, I think Carlos, or somebody else. And so then that's when I was talking to Maria. And she goes, you know, he, they didn't always call him Marcos. I said, what did they call him? She goes, la-di-da. No, I said, what did they call Marcos? La-di-da. Then me, I think la-di-da just means, ah, oh, la-di-da. No, that's what they called him, la-di-da. So she, she goes, if you yell out really loud, la He'll turn around. I go, no, he won't. <laughs> really? Really? So I went, la! And Marcus turned around and went, yeah. <laughs> I go, la-di-da? 
he used to be la di da. You know who he is now? La di dad. Because he's a new man. He's a mighty good man. And he's not la di da anymore. Can you you just see him at the park, though? Hey, la di da, what's up? Hey, la di da, hey, hey, la di. Imagine that, la di da. They used to call me Crazy Joe. I think that's a little better than la di da. See, white people, we keep your name in there. This is la-di-da. But praise God, he's not la-di-da anymore. He's la-di-dad. He's a mighty man of God who has been changed by, by just the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've seen his family turn right around. It's not because of you guys, the Riccatellis. It's because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know you guys... But it's by the power of God. He has become such a mighty man of God. I remember when he first used to go to your Sunday school and just giving, like, just boom, 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 boom. I met him at uh, Mike and Marisol's wedding, and I remember saying to her, I go, there's something about that guy. Something about that la da And I didn't know what his name was. I said, there's something about him. I really like him. And before you know it, now I see him like he was serving in church today. Pretty soon he'll probably be a home group leader. Pretty soon he'll be teaching Sunday school, all this different stuff. You see men being transformed here at Grace Church. We didn't make that video for no reason. It's actually real. Men are coming into being who they're called to be here at this church. Young, medium age, old age, doesn't matter. And I must say, Michael Martin, in the beginning of that video, you look good, my brother. Let's just make sure that everyone here knows Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, because I know that the men of this church want nothing more than that for everyone else here. See, because a mighty man of God leads his family to Jesus. A mighty man of God looks after the spiritual matters of his family. And before I finish, I want to encourage all you men to bless your family. It's called the Father's Blessing. I've been doing it for years. Just, you go home and just pray a blessing over your wife and your kids. I found that it's one of the most powerful things that we ever do. And every year, you know, they want to write me letters and do all this stuff, and I appreciate they want to make me dinner, I hope, and stuff like that, and all these things. But you know what I get the most... You know what blesses me the most? Everybody here, I want to tell you what it is. It's when I get my kids and my wife in my sunroom. And I start from the youngest to the oldest, and I speak a blessing over my kids. You know why? Because they don't need a blessing from somebody else. They need it from me. And that's what a real mighty God man does. He blesses his kids. He blesses his Like, I don't stop with my kids, and I bless my wife. Because she's the most important person in my life. That's it. And I show her by doing that. So I challenge you. Listen, I'm not saying you've got to do it. But I challenge you to do it. You don't have to have a whole lot of words. You could just say to your kid, I bless you. You know what that's going to mean in the world to them. You could just show your kids that you're blessing your wife. You want to take the spiritual authority back in your home? Start by doing that. I dare you. I double dare you. I la-di-da dare you. So let's make sure that everyone here is saved. Let's bow our heads. I got a question for you. Are 100% sure you'll spend eternity in heaven?
If not, say this prayer with me. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. Three days later, you raised him from the dead. Raise me to a new life today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Every eye is closed, head is bowed. If you said that for the first time, you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, raise your hand right now. Put up your hand to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Thank you.